What are the major themes of the gospel? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hear of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you explore the big story, big truths of scripture. I'm Aaron Armstrong, and with me, as always, is Brian Dembozik. So, Brian, today we are uh, actually going to be deviating from, again, from our normal patterns today, um, in that we are going to kind of do a deep dive into the central themes of the gospel itself, and we're going to do that from... Uh, the book of Romans today, and really kind of a survey of the first 10 chapters. So we have a deviation inception working because this session is, we're deviating from Acts, and then Mm -hmm. we're going to deviate on top of that to have a different approach. So we just have inception working right now. That's right. That's right. So, um, but that's, uh, but that's, you know, the kind of the fun thing of, of what we do is, is we get to kind of do what we want. (laughs) As long as it makes sense. Um. I'm just, let me grab my spinning top or something so I know when we're coming out of this thing. And if anybody's not seen that movie, yeah, if anybody's not seen the movie, they're like, what are you talking about? I mean, it's 10 years old. It's it's okay. We can, yeah, we can make those references now. Um, But, uh, but yeah, so we are going to look at the book of Romans. Um, for a little bit of context, um, this was written, give or take, about 20 years or so after the events that we discussed last week um, in our uh, in our quick scan of um, Acts 6 through 8 and Stephen's martyrdom. So give or take, again, give or take around 57 AD. We, we like to be a little open-handed with, with dates and stuff like that because... Well, it was they didn't use the calendar that we use today, so there's a little bit of guesswork there. But uh, but a long, long time ago, coming up on two thousand years old, this letter is. Uh, so that is uh, so that is significant, and it has been shaping Christians' understanding of the gospel ever since it was written. So what really this book offers um, probably the most comprehensive and sweeping look at God's redemptive plan from from the creation as a standpoint. Um, and from it, we get um, all kind, um, many of our essential our essential doctrines, our key truths of the faith. Um, we see general revelation explored there. So this idea that God reveals himself in creation, we see special revelation there. We see the incarnation, we see the connection, yeah. we see original sin, we see all of these things. Um, right, uh, justification by faith is a hallmark of this letter as well. Um, so all of this is there, and but it doesn't stop there, stop in a, in a passive past tense voice. It, ex- it, leads into the expectation of continuing to spread the gospel that that those who are hearing those who are reading that they are yeah. going to um, they are going to further this gospel message along so that more people can know Jesus um, and because it's so massive uh, what we decided to do is um, rather than taking our standard format uh, standard format discussion, where we ask a few key questions of 
the book, we, what we want to do instead is we want to outline five of these major themes that are found in the first 10 chapters, really kind of using this as a uh, foundational um, gospel as uh, personal salvation discussion point, um, which can be really helpful for those of us who uh, maybe struggle with evangelism. and struggle to know how to share the gospel with someone so this is not the way it's a way that we are going to that we're going to describe and we're not even going to give you a formula we're going to talk about major themes and that's the thing aaron you we've talked about it in different contexts there's nothing wrong with uh, learning a, a gospel outline or presentation or using something like that nothing at all wrong with that but really if you kind of have these big five rocks in mind and understand them, you can discuss, which I think is the beautiful part when we discuss the gospel with somebody instead of just kind of, you know, unloading a memorized presentation. Again, I, I don't want to diminish that. There's there's a place for that. I, I learned that when I was a college student. I've, I've done that before. I've seen the fruit of it. So I don't, I don't want to diminish that, but I think it's just better when we can actually talk about it. And so to me, the key is to understand these things, to be conversant in them. So you don't have to worry about a script. You can just, you're talking about what you know. So yeah, yeah. there's five now. Five is a little bit arbitrary. You could boil it down to four. You could add more. Somebody might be listening and saying, well, I think you kind of missed this nuance. That's fair. Uh, these are just mm-hmm. a, a, hopefully a good starting point for us to, to begin or continue to get our arms around these big ideas, these important ideas as we share the gospel. Yeah, that's a good, that is a good note. So, um, so five, so we've got five major themes. Again, we're not going to like, like, I think you could, I could think you could safely, safely add, um, up to at least another four into this. And, uh, but you know what? We don't have, we don't want to be, um, having you listen to us yammer at each other for no. uh, for an hour and a half. So that's that's really kind of why we went with five. That's the only reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. So <laughs> So let's go with the let's go with the the the, the first big idea which is that uh, right, God's righteousness is revealed through the gospel. And so this is something that we see in Romans 1:16 through 17. Um, which actually, which actually says that the gospel uh, yeah. re- reveals the righteousness it's, of God. It's really Paul's thesis for the letter. It's it's widely looked at as Paul's thesis, and then he unpacks this. and And I think there are two ideas there. What Paul is emphasizing, and what we need to emphasize, is God's righteousness. That God is perfectly righteous in His plan. He did not compromise His justice. He did not compromise His love, grace, and mercy. His righteousness is preserved through his plan of redemption through the sacrifice of Jesus, but then also this beautiful idea of that we are recipients of his righteousness, that it's revealed to us in a personal, practical way as it's given to us, imputed to us through Christ. Yes. And, And that is really important because, I mean, you see throughout Paul's ministry, and you see this in the attacks that he... Um, that he faced from uh, the people that he either called the Jews, in some cases called the Judaizers, in other places he called the super apostles. Um, basically, all the hangers-on who whose sole existence really was to hinder and 
um, and frustrate his ministry as much as possible. Um, to the point that uh, there are times that I wonder if when he was talking about a, his thorn in the flesh, that maybe they were the thorn in the flesh <laughs> as opposed to anything else that we think about. <laughs> um, but because uh, we all know those guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're on yeah. Twitter. But. Uh... <laughs> oh, yep. So but but this is the thing is is there there are were accusations that he was concocting some kind of legal fiction and that the God, that his gospel of justification by faith um, somehow was um, was just false because yeah. well how can you how can you have how can you be justified without obeying the law that was yeah. the common argument and yeah that that works saying, based mindset that was hard for somebody mm-hmm. to break it's still today. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, and so those are the. That's one of those key things that we have to have to have to have to get, and we have to emphasize again and again and again. It is not what you do that saves you. It is who you trust that yeah. saves you. Which we'll come back to more in depth in point number three that we discuss. Mm-hmm. I think the the other nuance of this one is the end. It's through the gospel, through God's revealed plan in scripture that, you know, Paul is saying, this is not my invention, that this is, this is God's design and he's perfectly righteous the way he did it. This is, so as we think about evangelism, this is the only way, this is not a way, this is the only way it is good and it's fitting. It works because it is true. Um, and it is based on scripture. I think that's our starting point as we think about how do we share the gospel? We've got to make sure it's all tethered to that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so so that's that, that first core idea. The second um, is that all people have sinned and all people deserve death. And so we see this really, um, really from the beginning from the get-go in Romans 1, uh, carrying through uh, through the entirety of chapter 2 into chapter 3, um, you know, where Paul takes this first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles approach, um, which um, is is really great because that was the that was the thematic idea of, of how the gospel would go forward as well, is that the good news would come to the, the Jews first, and then it would go out. Um, you see, you see Jesus with this approach all the time. You see, you see Paul take this approach with his ministry as well, that where he would go, he would go to the Jews first. (laughs) Um, and, um, and so he deals with, he deals with sin in that respect here. And he says, okay, okay, fellow Jews, we, we have fallen so far short. We don't come close. We are all condemned um, in our failure to observe the law. And then he turns it around and says, and if you guys think you're so great, I got news for you too. Um, And and it leads up to probably the most inclusive statement in the entire Bible, which is in Romans 3.23, which is, uh, which of course is that, um, uh, start actually starting in, in 22, uh, the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe since there is no distinction 
For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Continuing to into 24, they are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And so that that that's why I say that's the most inclusive yeah. statement that we have in the Bible <laughs> is all have sinned, all fall short, and all are just all who, who believe are justified in this one way. Yeah, and I think, you know, Aaron, what you're talking about is is such an important theological undergirding point of this. As we talk about the gospel and sharing the gospel, the expression has been said, you got to get somebody lost before they can get saved. Um, a lot of people don't know they're sinners. We need to bring that to bear. I think a lot of people do, of course. But mm-hmm. this this idea of what sin is and what it has done, it has ruined our relationship. It is We, we are not fulfilling our, our created purpose. We are not in relationship with God. Um, and so we, we need to help somebody understand this. But here's the other thing about all that I think is powerful when it comes to, I mean, think about having a conversation with somebody. All is inclusive of us as well. So I think it's always wise to include us, not just you. Hey, you know, if I'm sharing the gospel with you, Aaron, I'm, I don't want to be like, Aaron, you're just a sinner. You've done this. You've done this. That's true. But it's more powerful mm-hmm. when it's like, I've done this too. I'm a sinner. I do these things. I have done this. I was in need of salvation. I found salvation in Christ. So we include ourselves in these conversations about what sin is. I think that helps uh, take a potentially confrontational encounter and makes it more of we're on the same page here. This is good news for both of us. Yeah, definitely. And that is... I don't think that that can be emphasized too strongly because, I mean, there is such a danger in how we approach things um, in that if we, if all we do is, is we come at people with a you. And so we're pointing, we're pointing a finger at, at the person, person or persons that we are talking to what we wind up doing is we wind up condemning people who need grace, who need to hear this good news, who wind up in the, in the wind up thinking, well, what do I have to do to earn it? Uh, we, we drive people back yeah. into a workspace mentality um, or, or worse. We, I was going to say, or for some people, they dig in their heels and they resist mm-hmm. what they're hearing. Well, no, I'm not that bad. And I think most people think that way. I'm not that bad because yeah. we, we grade ourselves on a, on, a, on a curve. And we look at mm-hmm. terrorists, for example, and say they're bad. Mass murderers, they're bad. Um, whatever, you know, whoever the they is. And we kind of, human nature is to look at ourselves. We're pretty good. Yeah, I've got some flaws, but I'm pretty good. Yeah. So I think if we come with a strong... No, let me, you know, pop a needle in, in that balloon and, and deflate it and come out. This is what you've done. This is, you know, you, 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 like you're saying. Um, I think you can have somebody dig in their heels and have a self-defense posture, stop listening and start fighting back in self-defense. So I think we can disarm that by including us. And I think there's wisdom of us first. Say, hey, this is true of me first, and it's also true of you. So just think strategically. As, again, remember part of our point today in this, this podcast episode is to come alongside everybody listening to help you 
share the gospel better. Um, some people listening, maybe you need to hear this gospel and respond. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that's a strategy I think is really helpful that we just keep in mind these conversations, keep in mind how the person might respond. And let's, you know, the, the gospel can be confrontational. It is by nature, but we don't have to be mm -hmm. confrontational in how we share it. We can share it in a winsome way. We can share hard things in a winsome way. And this is a part of the gospel that is the hardest. And so let's just make sure we do it in a winsome way without compromising the truth. Like Paul doesn't, he doesn't back down in Romans, uh, but let's do it in a, in a winsome way. Absolutely. Um, and we do it in a winsome way because of the good news that we see. And we see this in this, in this third theme that, that, we, that we get to, which is that God provided Jesus as a substitute for sinners. And, and so, I mean, we, see, we heard that even, even in verse 24 of, of chapter 3. And, yeah. and that idea continues all the way through as, as Paul unpacks this idea of justification by faith um, from, uh, through chapter 4 into the importance of, chapter, uh, of faith in 5 and beyond. Um, as he as he talks about Jesus as um, as the as the one who came and and succeeded where where Adam the first human where he failed to to keep God's commands um, that Jesus succeeded in that and that he became our substitute when he died on the cross and through faith in him he is our substitute was substituted who died for us. And, I, and took our sins with him. Yeah, and this is where, again, if we just understand these big five ideas, and again, as we've said, we'll say it again, you might tweak these, you might see a sixth, or, or you might only see four. Either way, I think hopefully people listening can hear, okay, yeah, these are big rocks to deal with. This is one that you have a lot of, of things underneath of it that you probably will need to flesh out or be ready to flesh out. So for example... Why does the death of Jesus provide a substitute for me? If it's my sin, if I'm so bad, how does that? So the, the substitutionary atonement nature of this is important. Um, that Jesus was fully human is important and could come up in this. That the death, human death was owed, human death was paid. Jesus became human, took on the flesh so that he could pay that. His divinity, as we've talked about on various episodes, it also might come into play. So this one perhaps has the largest number of other doctrines tethered to it that we may have to call on as we're sharing the gospel, this part of the gospel. Mm -hmm. One of those, one of these next, uh, one of these next themes that is connected to this is that um, God reconciles and declares sinners righteous through Jesus. And so you can kind of see as we talk about these, these big ideas that um, that all of them are tied together, um, and so this is a really Im important thing. We see we see this, you know, emphatically spelled out uh, in just a few verses in uh, five in chapter five, verses nine through through eleven. So backing up a little bit, though, uh, start at verse six. So for while we were still helpless, so and that's a helpful thing right there for us yeah. to for us to get is that in our sin like left to ourselves apart from God we are helpless to do anything about our condition that sets the stage for what 
for for how the gospel is actually good news. So, for while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners— Christ died for us. How much more then, since we have now been declared righteous by his blood, will we be saved through him from wrath? For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, then how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. So you see these ideas that are there that um, in and of ourselves, Paul uses three three big ideas here, that we were helpless, that we were sinners, that we were enemies of God. Those are, those are important things for us to recognize. And while all are universally true, Sometimes the way that we need to approach someone is going to change based on based on the on those types of things. You you're going to meet people and perhaps we were people who were more actively hostile that in our tone and tenor we were overtly enemies of God. Um you have people who are um essentially ignorant in their sin. Um they are not they 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 know they do bad things, but they just kind of don't care. Yeah. So I think there's, I think that there's something helpful there to see if you're going to, if you're going to, um, you know, and this analogy of course breaks down because all analogies do. But I mean, if you're dividing these into three types of people, you've got, they would, they would be that, that kind of sinners category. And then there's the helpless, the people who they, they're not, they, they're not happy about what, what they're doing. They don't want to do these things, but they can't not do them. And so they're, they're riddled with guilt and shame over and over and over again. Yeah, that could be the person who's trying to be a good person, mm-hmm. recognizes yes. they, he or she is not, but trying to be. Yeah, and I think, you know, when we get to this point of, of sharing the gospel, we just want to make it abundantly clear. And again, we've talked about this on other episodes as well that what we have in mind here, what God has in mind here, is forgiveness and righteousness both being extended to that person, that their sin problem is dealt with by Christ. If we trust in Christ, you are forgiven completely. But at the same time, you also are given His righteousness. Um, You're declared righteous by God, which means you're declared perfectly obedient, because this not only talks about, you know, how do we, how are we restored in relationship, this often can lapse into a fire insurance approach. And we want to be careful of that. We, we, yeah, is it true that we are, uh, we are damned from the beginning? Yes. Is it true that that should be sobering and alarming, and it could be partly a motivator to repent? Yes. But that can't be the main reason, surely not the sole reason, uh, the, the the value of salvation is not merely escaping punishment. It's having a relationship with God. So both of these, you know, I, I kind of, when I was a kid growing up a teenager, I just thought it was about the salvation from hell. Mm-hmm. I didn't fully understand the beauty of what I was given in Christ of relationship and righteousness. So we want both of these. We want to 
let's not hold back how beautiful of a reality the gospel is. We give a part of the beauty of salvation from eternal separation from God, damnation, but we withhold an amazingly beautiful part of being in relationship with him, understanding why we're here, living with joy, having eternity with him, all the positives, for lack of a better word. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is why we, you know, at my church, we, we, use, we use terms a lot like gospel family. And so, and that's important because that's really what the gospel does is it takes people who have otherwise nothing in common except for the fact that we all love to sin more than we love God and, um, and makes us all a family that loves God and wants to please him and worships him, um, imperfectly. Yes. But, but this is the, but this is this is the heart of the gospel in 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 what it does in our lives. And so, whenever we are sharing the gospel with someone, these are the things that we need. That we like, if there's something to hammer home, and to and to you know, basically beat the drum of again and again and again. It is how the gospel changes us, not just as a. Well, now you have now you don't have you're free from the 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 consequences of your sin, but this is what you get instead. Yeah, so that takes us. That's four of the big ideas. We still have this fifth one, and you know, just to kind of set it back up and, and review, we started with with God is is righteous. His plan of salvation is good. It's found only in Scripture. Um, and then we talked about sin. Everybody is a sinner. Jesus is the substitute to pay the punishment we deserve because of sin. And God, through Christ, reconciles us to him, as we just talked about. But there's one other idea, of course, and that is that God saves all who trust in Jesus. There's this idea of trust. You know, We don't want to give the wrong impression that what we just talked about is automatic for everybody. That, well, yeah, Jesus died. He died for everybody. Okay, I'm good. No, we need to get on someone's radar that we each individually must trust in Christ. And then as you were talking about Aaron, that beautiful truth of when we do that, we become part of a family. And then we can, in discipleship, we talk about this is not just an individual thing. Your salvation is not just for you in in isolation. There is now this understanding of both. There are individual things as you're reading scripture and learning about your own relationship with Christ, but then also you're part of a family, you're part of a people. Um, So yeah, we want to uh, make sure that person understands. And again, give that person an opportunity to respond and trust in Christ, perhaps, as we are talking with them. Yeah. And something that is helpful for us to remember, too, when we are sharing the gospel with someone... um, don't always anticipate. It's wonderful when this happens, but you can't always expect that you're going to get a response in the first conversation yeah. or the second or the 17th. Um, I, I remember there is a, there's a story of uh, George Mueller who was a, um, you know, was a, was a, a Christian lived in the 19th century and a contemporary of Charles Spurgeon and he had a number of people that he that he prayed for. Uh, he committed to praying for for years and years and years and years and years. And, um, you know, he the, he was praying that these people would come to faith. And a couple of them 
came to did come to faith fairly early on in in that in that commitment um and but there was you know and one and, and a third one was several years later and and one after that was um a couple of decades later there was one the last one didn't come to faith until after Mueller had died <laughs> that is how um like there is a like we have to be patient that we may never actually get to see the fruit of our efforts yeah. of our desire to see people saved and well, I'm, I'm you know i'm glad you mentioned that aaron because i think one of the things that people can put pressure on themselves is this mistaken belief mm-hmm. that it's up to them and if if they share the gospel with somebody and that person does not trust in christ they could feel like they failed mm-hmm. and and not only is a personal, oh, I'm a failure, but there's also, if, if we care about other people, there's this weightiness about that, you know, this, this yearning for that person to trust, and that could really be difficult for people. So what you're sharing, I think, is critical. We remember that, that it is not to us. Our, our role is to be faithful in sharing. And we want to do as, as well as we can. Uh, we, we, you know, let's not put it on cruise control. Let's really try to do this. Let's do it with a heart, with sincerity, with, with passion. Um, but at the same time, recognize that God is responsible and that person is responsible. We are not. Yeah, man, that is a, a great thought to actually end on for this episode. So Brian, thanks for, for doing this very quick, super high level survey of these five major themes from Romans. Um, and I hope you all find it helpful. We, we hope that it is Um, helpful for you as you share the gospel with others. So um, thanks for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. And for more resources uh, to focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.